0: So, Grant Nelson, huh? All right. So, how important is it to get him on campus to play for Arkansas? Pretty important, I'd say. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks Backs podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I'm also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037 the Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. When you enter in promo code locked on college, you'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Hope well, everybody's having a wonderful Friday. As uh, you probably know, I'm did not have a podcast yesterday. I'm battling this congestion stuff, man. It sucks, and uh, I even tried to record it uh, yesterday and was uh, not successful at all. Like I just couldn't even get through it without coughing and sounded like I was hacking up a lung. So hopefully we can get through this one. We'll see. We'll see. We'll play it by ear, but just bear with me on it because it's uh, really annoying and you don't realize how much you need your voice until you don't have it when you do it for a living. So, uh, but we'll try to make it through uh, here today. On the podcast with uh, plenty of things to get to, especially on the basketball side, I think, because at least at the time of the recording of this podcast, Grant Nelson is officially in Arkansas. He's visiting. Uh, <clears throat> I think that there's reasons to be excited about that because he is a really good player. We talked a little bit about on the last podcast as far as him just being down to Arkansas and Alabama and his uh, you know, final couple of visits that he's doing. And the uh, benefit for Arkansas, at least, is that they do get Grant Nelson in the uh, final phase of the visits. Like they get uh, him to be able to look at and say, all right, so what's Alabama doing for you? Here's what we can do for you. Cause the offers I'm sure is already on the table from Alabama. So all Arkansas has to do is match it, one up it, whatever they need to do. And uh, hopefully that'll be enough to secure Grant Nelson. Now I went into how important it is just to get him because you don't want him to go to Alabama. In fact, this would be a huge victory for Arkansas if they were able to pull this off and, Uh, One of the things that I I really laugh about is always about the, uh, the aspect of, you know, Bama just trying to make sure that everyone thinks that they're a blue blood program. And also the fact that on social media, they are completely and totally absolutely insane and stupid and dumb, and they're not really a great basketball program fan base. My opinion only, though. I'm sure they'll have plenty of disagreements there. But I'm really wanting Grant Nelson to come to Arkansas just so I don't have to hear from Alabama basketball fans quote-unquote, because uh, he ends up going there instead of Arkansas. So it comes down to those two schools. And as we talked about it yesterday, it had to be this way. It had to be uh, between Arkansas and Alabama. But some question got posed to me actually on YouTube about the, uh, the impact that he would have and what does he do for Arkansas immediately and what could we kind of see uh, from Arkansas when he would join the team and the role that he would play and, and how it all fit out. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that we can look at this, and I'm sure that there's been a lot of ways that you've looked at it too. But to me, I believe that, and I've said this before, that regardless if Arkansas gets Grant Nelson, this is still going to be the most talented team that Eric Musselman has ever had at Arkansas, overall, across the board. You have a bunch of high-quality transfers. You have guys that are coming back that are crucial, like Trevin Brazil, as well as Devo Davis. Uh, you have experienced guys also coming back, role players like Makai Mitchell, uh, and you also have uh, Jalen Graham. Like if you really look at it, before Trevin Brazil got hurt, you have three starters returning from this past year's team. Isn't that insane? You think about the massive turnover that Arkansas's had. But if if you look at, really look at it in the basics, like Devo was a starter last year, Trevin Brazil, up until he got hurt, was a starter all year, and then you have Makai Mitchell who started majority of the year, if not the entire year. So you basically have three starters back. You're adding in a lot of experienced guys out of the portal, and uh, you're trying to make it work to where you can put together enough pieces to where you can take that next step as a program. Well, to me, with what Arkansas has right now, I still believe they're just as good of a team to where they can be one of the best teams in the SEC. Uh, they can be a team that uh, can have a lot of great wins. They can be a team that can be built for postseason and row teams and, and, and all of that. Like They're a team that'll be good enough to make it to the second weekend once again. They will be. Now, as we know in the NCAA tournament, anything can happen, but considering Arkansas has made it to three straight Sweet 16s and two of the last three years made it to the Elite Eight, I think it's safe to say that as long as Eric Musselman's the coach and as long as he has a team of guys that have talent, they are going to be in the running to making a run in postseason. That's just the way it is. And I believe they have that right now. They have it right now with the team that is on campus and you know, we haven't even gone into you know, Bayfall and all the rumors speculating around him. Uh, he hasn't made it to campus, at least we haven't seen him on campus just yet. Uh, don't have any reason to believe yet that he's not going to be. I don't know exactly what the issue is or if there is even an issue, but I'm just going off of what we know now. And so uh, he'll be on campus. You'll have Leighton Blocker on campus. And you just got a good squad, a good amount of players, a good team that uh, is going to address a lot of needs because you do have some size. You have some really elite guard play defensively. You got guys that can shoot the ball a lot better. You got guys that can score at a pretty high clip. You got a distributor in Keon Minifield that will be able to provide a spark. You got Trevin Brazil, who's who's great at everything across the board. You got Devo Davis, as we know. Like you just have so many different pieces and so many different players that'll be able to make a major impact. That it's hard for me to believe that this team will not be one of those teams in the running to not only just be great in the SEC. One of the top teams in the SEC, but also once you get to the NCAA tournament, uh, be built for a run there too. It's about matchups and everything, but you got to trust in Muss and what he's been able to do, especially knocking off two number one seeds over the past two years. So that being said, if you add Grant Nelson into the mix, if Arkansas is able to get him and he ends up being a part of this team, it really, really, really makes it difficult for Arkansas not to be. A lot of people's pick to win the SEC, to be the best team in the SEC, and also for fans not to start thinking that this is going to be another really great and special season, but one that could even put you over the top. Because let's be honest, what's the one thing that Arkansas has been missing with these Eric Musselman teams? Now, you could say like one particular type of player, or you could say, oh, is the size here. But really what it came down to for me is shooting. Like, you have not had a whole lot of great shooters on Arkansas' team. I was talking to a buddy about this the other day. If you broke down, like who, like, who would you think would be the best shooters that Eric Musselman's had that he actually brought on campus? So I'm not talking about Mason Jones or Isaiah Joe, because those guys were, were brought in by Mike Anderson, but guys that actually were brought in by Eric Musselman. We're talking about Moses Moody, Stanley Amude. I mean, I mean, J.D. Note was, was solid, but he he was a volume shooter. So you just really haven't had those guys, those, those guys that can just go out there and, and make a basket from anywhere on the court. And, or if you did have them, they got hurt or weren't playing a lot of time of the season. Well, now you don't have to worry about that. Because I believe that this year you got the offense to replicate that and, and to make up for it. If you have Grant Nelson and Trevin Brazil down on the court together, that is offensive firepower. I mean, those are two dudes that are capable of going for 20 plus points on any given night. Uh, and they do it in different ways. Uh, they, they can beat you in different ways. They can, they can take off the dribble in different ways. They can hit threes if they need to. Like, they got it going on and they have so much offensive prowess that that is going to be a, a really tough thing to defeat. And same thing with you got Khalil Battle, who is an offensive juggernaut coming from Temple. Debo Davis each and every year has gotten better offensively, especially in his three-point shooting. And you know, like Those are just the guys that you feel like immediately once they get on the court, they're going to be great and they're going to be able to add some, some things into the mix. And even Jalen Graham, as much as he sometimes he struggled defensively. You think that he'll only get better defensively because his offensive game is really solid. So you have a lot of offensive pieces there. Not to say that you'll have great shooters this year, because you feel like every year it's like, Oh, they've improved the shooting. Have they really like it's, it's something you have to see it before you start to believe it. But I think just offensively given, they're better. And defense is going to happen no matter what. Because as long as Eric Musselman's the coach, his teams are going to play great defense. It's kind of like Sam Pittman in the offensive line. It's like as long as you have Sam Pittman as your head coach, you know offensive line is going to be good. Same thing when it comes to defense on the basketball team. As long as Eric Musselman's your coach, you're going to have good defense. Now, it's not to say that every player will be elite defenders. And it's not to say that you won't have breakdowns here and there. but with experienced players, uh, great defensive, uh, uh, experienced guys like uh, Tremont Mark, who was great at Houston defensively. Uh, And you throw in, of course, Devo Davis, how great he's been, and, and Trevin Brazil, who was really good too. It'll all come together and all be there. There's not really going to be a weakness on paper that this team is going to have next year, assuming Grant Nelson comes to Arkansas. There's really not going to be. And you're going to have depth, you're going to have quality dudes. And this is a team I think that Eric Musselman It feels so good about and is really excited about. And I have talked to various people, not only here in Arkansas, but talking to national recruiting people, people that have covered uh, college basketball recruiting or transfer portals or whatever across the board. And I've asked them all the same question. If Grant Nelson comes in, is this the most talented team that Eric Musselman's ever had at Arkansas? And each and every one of them have said the same thing. It's the most talented roster, even if Grant Nelson doesn't come to Arkansas. But if Grant Nelson does, that puts Arkansas into a new category, into a level of, uh, of talent that really will be tough to counter when it comes to all the other teams in college basketball. And as I've uh, also heard from other people too, they believe Eric Musselman is a much better coach than Nate Oates. Uh, they, they just see it in March and they see the development and they see all that, which, you know, you're going to have maybe four guys drafted this year in the NBA draft from Arkansas. That's something to really put a feather in your cap. It's all kind of coming together and all really looks good for Arkansas. So the point is, I think Grant Nelson's the final key piece for Eric Musselman to take that next step. So let's just hope he ends up coming to Arkansas, right? Because I can't wait to do a podcast on that and really dive into it and really break it down there as well. Uh, we'll talk a little football here in just a second. But folks, I got to tell you about bird dogs. Listen, bird dogs. These shorts, they're, they're next level. I've never had anything like them. Because you hear, you like, we're all about the way things fit, right? Because as soon as you get something that fits a certain way, you never want to get rid of it. You never want to change brands or anything like that. And I'll admit, when I got the bird dogs, I was kind of, like, confused by it. I was like, how, how does this work? How do you have a pair of shorts that look like they're khaki shorts, but they feel like they're jersey shorts, and they fit you like they're supposed to be, like, almost like pajamas? Like, it's, it's a weird vibe. But, man, once you try them on, You see what it's all about. It's the most incredible, most comfortable pair of shorts that I've ever worn. And I'm not kidding about that. You need to try it out. They fit so much better than all the other shorts that you're ever going to have. And you can use them for a lot of different things, too. But one of the best things about it is they have the anti stink, sweating, wicking fabric, keeps you cool and dry all day long. That's a big selling point, especially during the summertime when it's warm outside. So check it out today by going to birddogs.com, entering slash locked on college. And if you enter in promo code locked on college, you get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you that. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Um, you know, college football is ever-changing, and we've known that that's kind of the next big thing that people are waiting on for Arkansas football. And as you see, media days will be here before we know it in July. So a lot of excitement surrounding all of it. And I thought that this was a really fascinating thing, though, with media days on the horizon, and even some coaches going up to Washington, D.C. to talk about NIL and how it needs to be fixed or changed or whatever it may be. Uh, but this is a great article written by the Associated Press writer, Ralph Russo, who does a great job covering college football. And he wrote this, and Arkansas and Sam Pittman were kind of involved in it, but it cracked me up in a way. And I'm just going to read a few highlights from this article because, again, it was a great one. I encourage you all to go read it. But, It's titled Portal Tampering Frustrates SEC Coaches, but a few ideas, few on how to stop it. So essentially, tampering's going on. Coaches are sick and tired of it, but they got to figure out a way to stop it, but they can't because there's really not a good way. So in this article, you have Shane Beamer, South Carolina coach. Uh, He says that it was strange based on conversations I've had with guys two or three days before they went into the portal. It's interesting how things happen. Uh, he, he says that, uh, kind of talked about how that, that, just, you know, you think he got them and then they're gone. Uh, Clark Lee at Vanderbilt says the chaos we're experiencing is the result of pulling back on regulations. So he had a lot to say about it too. Uh, Jimbo Fisher at a and says the NFL deals with it. Don't they? talking about tampering major league baseball deals with it. That's something I wish you could, because I think that is an issue. I think it is a big issue and it's unfair to different levels of schools. If they get caught. There should be severe penalties. That's what Jimbo Fisher said. Uh, Shane Beamer also talked about rumors being one thing, but proof being another thing in the tampering idea behind it. Uh, Kirby Smart had something to say about it, where he says, "So look, if kids are exploring to leave, it's really hard to police. Ask the NCAA. The kid goes to his trainer, high school coach. Well, in our program, and we have people talking to those trainers and uh, high school coaches. Word of mouth spreads that a guy's not happy and he's looking. Next thing you know, he's in the portal. And he's already got somewhere he wants to go." So that's Kirby Smart. <laughs> You also have uh, Greg Sankey talking about, he says, some of the behaviors that really raise questions about tampering and the use of NIL, those seem to happen later as the portal drags on, though not exclusively. And then uh, Sam Pittman uh, from Arkansas says, uh, he he called coaches he believes have tampered with players on his roster. He says, however, once you make a call, it's already too late because the kid is already gone, is what uh, Pittman said. And then you had some uh, other people like Pat Narduzzi, who we know from Pitt, who's made some comments about it, and and some others as well. But anyways, it was really fascinating just to kind of hear coaches talking about it. And that was just in the SEC, and that's just from that one article. Because we know other coaches have talked about tampering and and the problems that arise from I know that dork Eli Drinkwitz has talked about it up in Missouri too. So like all these coaches are coming out against it and, and talking about it. But what makes me laugh and what makes it funny is I'm like, okay, guys, if all of y'all are against this and all of y'all are saying the tampering's got to stop, there's a problem, then who's tampering? You are all talking about how it's a major issue and you get tired of it happening to your team. Folks, somebody's tampering. You can't all just be like, well, we're not tampering. I mean, but now, now, there's tampering going on, but it ain't here. And I am like, well, it ain't here either. Yeah, it's a problem over here, but we're not doing it. Somebody's tampering, okay? And you know what I get sick and tired of when it comes to this tampering thing? If you have proof, provide it. And if you have, and if you can provide it, then I agree with actually what Jimbo Fisher said. The penalties for tampering, if you have proof of it and if you're able to actually provide evidence of it, should be to the fullest extent. Like, I feel like if you end up tampering as a coach or as a team or, or if there's a booster or whoever's involved, that particular person needs to be banished, needs to have some sort of like, I'm talking about like getting a I, I jail time even. I'm fine with that. Some sort of severe thing that'll really cause people to not do it as much or not to get caught. Not to say it won't still go on, but there needs to be something severe and drastic. If a coach is caught doing it, they are banished from college football for the rest of their life. I'm fine with that. If that would get people to stop doing it. But the problem is, is that so many times we hear coaches talk about tampering and it's going on. Okay, if it is, say who it is. We saw these cryptic tweets so many times of people saying, oh, you know, it's go- Yeah, I got, I got a coach that tampered with one of my players. Oh, yeah, who was it? No, I'm not going to say. Why not? Why aren't you going to say? If you're, if you're bold enough to go out and talk about it, you should be bold enough to be able to say who it is. All right, enough with this, like, saving stuff. If you see it or if you hear about it or if you have some sort of proof, okay, go to the NCAA if you want but I'd go public with it. Like if I found out that somebody was tampering with one of my players and again, I had evidence of it or if that player came to me and said, Hey coach, you know, so-and-so has been talking to me. I'm like, all right, let's go out. I'm going to tweet about this or I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put out a message. I'm gonna do a press conference. I'm going to answer questions on it. I'm going to call those people out because that's the way you get some traction and you put some pressure on people. But this idea of just like everyone's against tampering, but yet somebody has to be tampering. Like, is it just the collectives? Is it the, you know, the, the boosters, I don't know, but I just, I don't know. I just think it's so funny when it's like you can't say anything about it, but it's going on. It's not going to say how or who or where or what or how, whatever. But I don't know. still cracks me up. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about basketball, and something I saw was very interesting from a CBS Sports article about Arkansas being box office. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned. Here on the other side of the break, the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Razorback basketball, as we were just talking about with Grant Nelson and everything, is really cool and great and fine and great and wonderful. But I thought that this was an interesting little piece that maybe people don't really know about. At least I didn't realize it. Uh, And it was come from CBS Sports. Now, for those of you who may not know, Uh, Gonzaga and UConn are two teams and two schools that uh, are being connected with the Big 12. That Maybe the Big 12 is going to be pursuing them because they believe that going in and getting big basketball brands like those particular schools could really help them out, which I totally agree with. I think it would be a smart move by uh, the Big 12. But either way, CBS Sports was writing about this and talking about Gonzaga and where they're at. And there's this thing that's uh, Jeff Nelson, who apparently is the president of Navigate, which is a respected Chicago-based consulting firm used by several conferences to aid in their realignment efforts over the years. Uh, Navigate is presently working with Gonzaga about the possible move to the Big 12 or the Pac-12. Now, this Navigate system that he has, and apparently it's very, like, has a lot of studies put into it and a lot of numbers put into it. It evaluated how the nation's top basketball programs ranked against power conference opponents in regular season play over the last three years with their metrical called TV Power. So I'll, I'll repeat that. It's evaluated on the nation's top basketball programs ranked against power conference opponents in regular season play over the last three years. TV Power, Fox Office, teams that were it, it drives people to watch and, and does it in a major way. Now, there's a top 10 list that was released as far as which schools Are the ones that have the most people watching it or checking it out and everything. Now, I thought this was pretty fascinating. Duke's number one, no surprise there. Kentucky's number two, no surprise. North Carolina, number three, no surprise. And Kansas, number four, no surprise. Gonzaga comes in at number five. Ohio State at number six. Michigan at number seven. And Michigan State at number eight. So you're talking about, you know, ones that can't be or shouldn't be too surprising, not only with High-quality basketball programs, but huge fan bases to go along with them. But number nine is Arkansas. Arkansas. You're talking about being listed in those programs right there. Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, Kansas, Gonzaga, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. Arkansas is right there in the mix as being the second highest SEC team in all of the country that is TV power. That is box office, where if they're on TV, and they're playing a game against a quality opponent, people are watching. It drives people to them. And I just love that stat because if, if you ever wanted to know how people feel about Arkansas and about the program, and, you know, am I going to say it's a blue blooded program? You know, that's up to debate. I don't think I would, but I could hear arguments for it. But if they're right there on the cusp, they're right there on the mix, they're right there, in, at least in the picture. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a proof of it right there. TV drives things, and we know it drives money. And anytime you have the Arkansas Razorbacks on in basketball, at least according to Navigate, they are a top 10 program when it comes to TV power rankings. That says something, and that's worth something, and that's amazing that Arkansas has had that over the past three years. So either way, I thought it was an interesting stat. Do whatever you want with it. Does it mean anything? Don't know, but it's still pretty cool to know that Arkansas still gets a lot of people to watch and gets a lot of eyeballs on the TV.